And God said, I can hear you. And God said, and we are looking at this concept of light. In this instance, the Bible talks about the word of God being a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. What does it mean that the word of God is light to us? We noticed how the word of God is central to our lives as followers of Christ and how we need to study it, read it, believe it, speak it over our lives, base our prayers on it, and be doers therefore. We then noted that God's word renews our minds, it upholds us, it prunes our lives, and when we act on it, our lives get transformed. The word of God doesn't have the power of God, but it is the power of God. And the word will transform any given situation. So we use Psalms 119, two verses there, Psalms 119 verse 105 and 130. Verse 105 reads, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 130 reads, the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. So we know that the word of God shines a light on our lives. It releases light in our lives. And we studied that word light as we find it in the Hebrew, the word or, O-R-E. And we know that it's a primitive word that uh, is given in a causative sense or in a causative tense meaning to make luminous. And it means that literally and metaphorically. We talk about light as the break of day. Glorious. Light as when you kindle something, when you set something on fire, or that word also means to shine. So this word, we find it's the same root word from which that word light is derived from when God said, let there be light, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God didn't say let the sun be, but God said let there be light. So we've been very interested to find out what this light is. If the word of God is a lamp to our feet and brings light to us, the word of God is luminous. When the word of God comes, we note, it brings in a break of day. Meaning God's word can change our lives transform our lives and give us a new start. When God's word enters our life, it can lead us to a glorious life. It can kindle and empower and show up things in our lives that come from God. God's word sets our lives on fire, metaphorically speaking, and it causes us to shine. So this word, it's important for us to note that it is that light that God released at creation. Because the sun and the moon and the stars were only made on the fourth day. But on the first day, when God said, let there be light, he spoke light in the midst of darkness. He speaks light into a planet that is covered there in water. And darkness is there. It's interesting then we noted that light in the natural sense can be measured. We talk about the speed of light. But you never hear anybody talking about the speed of darkness because darkness, in a sense, it is the absence of something. Because darkness has no materiality. 
Darkness is something that is not tangible. It's something that has no light. So when God talks about darkness in our life, metaphorically speaking, he's saying there is the absence of this light, the absence of the light of God and the absence of the word of God. And then we noted at great length last week how just even in the natural, light is so important for our lives. And our conclusion was all of life derives its sustenance from light. And we said, of course, light travels at a very high speed. And this light that comes into our planet, we note, it's a light that is radiated from the sun. That even with the natural sun, the natural sun really makes our planet live. Without the sun, then there's no light. There's no life, rather. Without the radiation from the sun, there's no light. So when God spoke, his first creative word was, let there be light. He was calling forth light in the midst of darkness. Because light is necessary for making God's creative work visible and very necessary for making life possible. And so we are studying this concept, noticing how the word of God brings light. We see in the psalm we've read, Psalms 119, we see also in 2 Samuel 2, when it says God's word is a lamp, Psalms 56, God talks about his word being a light. Psalms 112, the Bible talks about how to the upright, light shines in the darkness. In Isaiah 58, God says, your light shall break forth in the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily. And so we are studying this concept of light because it's an important thing in our lives. Scientists have noted, as I was saying, that we need light because we use light for energy. Light is used for food formation. Light is necessary for the growth of our human body. Light is important for the regulation of our physiology. We need light for sight, for vision. We need light for heat and temperature. We need light for evaporating things and drying things. We need light for speed regulation. Light is used as well as a source of energy. And also, light is used in chemical analysis. We also noted that it's used in the sanitation of the earth. Light is used to kill germs. Light is used on the signaling systems. And light is used for sterilization. And so, if natural light is that important, can you imagine how much spiritual life, spiritual light is important? Can I hear an amen, Bazalan? And so I just tried to do a very quick summary of that so that uh, we can be able to be on board. We noted, therefore, that if there was no sun on the earth, everything about our earth would die and dry up. Okay, now, let's look at God's word when it talks about us as children of the light. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a child of the light. Look at the other one and said, man, you are not answering like a child of the light. You are a child of the light. Now, if this is how important light is in the natural, can you imagine how much more we need the light of God in our lives? Light that comes from his word, light that comes from living the principles of God's word, applying them in our lives. So I want to borrow this concept of light and talk about it a while because Paul borrows this concept in the New Testament. 
In the New Testament passages that I'll be reading, the word light is the Greek equivalent of that Hebrew word light that we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. That word light is used very often, and it is the Greek word P-H-O-S, pronounced false, false, P-H-O-S. It also means to shine, to make manifest, especially by rays. It speaks of being luminous. It talks of fire and light. Now, here's what's interesting. When you read about that word light, metaphorically in the Bible, this is what that word light infers. Number one, the blessing of God. So you're walking in the light of God. The life of God. And I'm studying that this morning, yesterday, right, uh, by the way, the word eternal life. You know, I used to, I used to read that word eternal life. You know, the Bible talks about eternal life. You know, when you believe in Christ, we have eternal life. Jesus came to give us eternal life. You know, and, and, uh, and I used to think something that's eternal came to a wire wire. You know, so I used to read that and say eternal life. It means retlopila wire wire. Yeah, but, yeah, and I know retlopila wire wire, Mara, that is very limited. The word eternal life is the word Z-O-E. Z-O-E, pronounced Zoe. And the word Zoe means literally life as God would have it. <laughs> Life as God would have it. Or, if you would, the God type, the God kind, <laughs> the God quality of life. So it's the God type, the God type, the God quality of life. So the word light metaphorically speaks of that life. When there's light in your life, you live the Zoe life. The God kind, God type, God quality of life. Or life as God would have it, which is a gift from God. That word light also speaks of the favor of God. See, when, 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 we, when, we, when we confer the priestly blessing in the book of Deuteronomy, and we say, may the Lord make his face shine towards you. What, what are we saying? We are saying, may God put favor on your life. Oh, you don't want favor in your life? You don't want favor? The people out there, do, do you want favor in your life? I don't know about you, but I want favor in my life. Because I know if favor is on my life, Barcelona, I will go further in life than anybody else. That word light also means the guidance of God. That word is a lamp to our feet, a light on our path. When you have light, God guides you. I don't know if you've been there where things don't work in your life. You make plans, they don't work. You make decisions, they don't work. Things go backwards. Things get broken. You're always making the right decision. The wrong decision, rather. You're always making the wrong turn when I'm in your life. I declare today is the end of the wrong turn in your life. I said I declare is the, is the end of the wrong turn. The wrong turn in your life. So that life speaks of the guidance of God. It also speaks of God's creative work. When God's light comes in, creativity comes in. It's been found out by people who've made studies that very often, even children who had certain challenges and certain learning disabilities, when they came to a time in their lives when they made Christ Savior and Lord of their lives, it's been found out that their intellect almost grew by 40 to 60%. In fact, I remember a minister of the gospel who gave testimony to this. He grew up as a very sickly child 
who had a rare blood disease, had a heart condition, and was also paralyzed. And all these three conditions were, you know, such that they could take his life. But not only that, it affected him in his ability to learn. And he wasn't that intelligent at all. And he received Christ at the age of 14, I think, or 16. And he tells the story how he saw his improvement. Even the teachers attested to that. That he, he grew in terms of his mental capacity almost 60%. And then he made the statement that struck me. He said, not many of God's people have learned how to take advantage of that eternal life. And then he, he started saying things that I couldn't believe. I mean, it was just hard to believe. He says, you know, if you think about it, the ability to remember is not only dependent on your brain. You know, he says, actually, creativity at large is not only limited to the brain. Creativity is something that sits in a certain space. And he says, if people can learn to to you know, that's why we talk about being inspired. You know, those of you who are in the artistic world, you, you understand that when an artist is just inspired to write a portrait, that's just beautiful. I mean, you see the portraits of Michelangelo and his sculptures, that was just incredible. And yet when you engage with those people, maybe on a, on a, on a discussion level, when you talk about intelligence, they may not be that intelligent, but their creativity. And this is where I think personally, our education system in the world is really flawed. Because our education system in the world focuses on people scoring the grades, not on somebody's potential and capability. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who may not do well in mathematics, but they are some of the best creative people you can ever find. And our education system boxes up people into categories. You know, and I mean at school, I don't know now, at school we used to have from 4A. And from for B, so how look at B or one or A? It's worse how look at D. What about E? So already you are already saying because I'm not scoring in math, I'm not great. But that's not the way it is. Creativity of people. If you go to people in the creative arts in the creative world, they may not be academically inclined, but they're very creative and they're able to see things. It's been found out that. When you, when you engage with children who have Down syndromes or uh, the autistic children, you know, autistic children have been found to be some of the most intelligent children. The problem is we are not able to communicate with them. See, our world, because they don't understand you, they label you. Because they're not able to reach you, you're operating at a different wavelength. Oh, come on, am, am I preaching to people who understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. So this life, Barcelona, you can, you, can, you can draw life from the light of God. That your, your creativity level and your ability to perform can go up when you learn to draw on the life of God. There's something about the presence of the light of God in our lives that takes us to another level. I've looked around, I've studied as a student of history, I've looked at families and, and, and nations that have, that have found a way to connect with the life of God and depend on the Zoe life. It's highly unlikely any family that has had the Zoe life of God. If you, want, now if you just look at one person, you will come to the wrong conclusion. Look at the entire generation. If you study that family over time, there is something that the light of God brings in that family that is totally different. 
Oh, am I, am I talking to people here? I see the light of God shining in your life in the name of Jesus. So the word of God brings light. So that light talks about God's creative work. Light also, as we find in 1 Timothy 6, 16, speaks of the glory of God's dwelling place. This light, God's dwelling place is glorious. And glorious doesn't mean kwebezeling. Something glorious is something that's of a high level and a high standard and high performance. Very interesting. In 1 John 1, 5, when it talks about us having light, and which is the life of God, this light is referred to as the nature of God. See, wherever God is and wherever his nature is, there's light, not darkness. Don't think about brightness. Think about Genesis 1, verse 1, when there was darkness, where there was Tovabohu. So darkness and Tovabohu, Diyatzamelan. Tovabohu speaks of things that are out of order, no creativity. You look at the state of the world, it's, there's no order there, right? Everything is out of order. Nothing grows, right? Nothing progresses. There's no vision there. And nothing is happening until light comes. And when God releases light, only then does creativity start. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when the light of God comes into your life, God gets your stuck life to be unstuck. God gets your stuck career to be started again. God moves you forward. When the light of God comes into your life, over-organized, you know, you don't walk in darkness, only disorganized. Anyhow, when the light of God comes into your life, there are things you don't want to start doing. You don't want to start destroying your body through drugs and alcohol. You don't want to and be nasty and angry with people. You want to walk in forgiveness. You want to have a family. You want to have a home. You want to go to school. There's just something about you. When the light of God comes into your life, I see that light coming into your life. Hallelujah. So light speaks of the nature of God. When the nature of God enters us, I tell you, Vazalana, the best remedy for us, for our world, is for the light of God to come into people's life. Because when, when we walk in the fullness of it, I'm not talking about when we go to church just to tick the register. And we don't live by what we read. And we don't, we don't embrace the Bible. We don't live by it. If you live by it, your life will never be the same. I said if you live by it, your life will never be the same. It imparts something when the light of God comes into your life. If you, if you know cheater, you stop cheating. If you know why you stop Utsuing. If you are walking in hate, you start loving. You start asking yourself serious questions about your life. If your life was out of order, you start getting order in your life. You start thinking about certain things. You don't just go with a group mentality because the light is there in your life. I said, I see the light of God in your life. I said, I see the light of God in your life. I said, I see the light of God in your life. See the light of God in your life. And this is why any wise nation and any wise people will always allow the gospel to be there. Because where the gospel is in nations of the world, and I know there are other things that people do when we get into a religious spirit, but when we really believe God's word, there's something different. Light also talks about the impartiality of God. It talks about God with whom there is no shadow of turning. It's a God of light, James 1, 17. 
So the God of light is an impartial God. God loves you as much as he loves anyone else. Wow. And then most of it to cap it all, Jesus himself calls himself the light of men. He's the illuminator of men. John 1, 4 is the light of the world. And verse 5 and 9, Jesus being the light of the world. Let's look at a few passages where Paul talks to us about being children of light. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, listen what Paul is saying to the Christians in Philippi. After talking to them about their lifestyle, he said that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. And then he shows you where it comes from. He says, holding fast the word of life. So the, 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 the source of this light is the word of God. When we hold fast the word of God, what does it mean to hold fast the word of God? Live by the word. Practice the word. Believe the word. Read the word. Study the word. Meditate on the word. Let the word be an integral part of your life. Like God says in the book of Proverbs, for my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And they are health to all their flesh. Paul says, holding on to the word of light. When you hold on to the word of light, you will live as a child of light. And he says, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, they will ask you, why are you so different? Why are you not doing the things that you are doing? Why is it that when we are doing all of these things, you are not even interested? Hmm? The best thing you can do with your lives, young people, is to hold on to God's word. Because like Lee Choluna, go rough. And if you think your willpower will, if you think just your nice intentions will help you, you're wrong. You've got to have, of course, willpower, but you've got to add God's word to it. David says, thy word have I hid in my heart. It is the word of God hidden in our heart that gives us the power to live as lights in the midst of. I like the way it says it here. In the midst of. Right among people who do all things. You see them. They're your friends. You know them. They're your family members. You see them do stuff. You see them go to places. Marawena, there is something in here on the inside of you that keeps you from doing those things. You see people destroying their lives, running to things, saying get it clever, saying they know more than you, calling you names, umamfundis, upishop, let them talk, they are pronouncing a blessing upon your life. This word of light, live as blameless children in the midst of 
Be an example in your home. Somebody said, we must all preach the gospel and if possible, use less words. You didn't get it. Preach the gospel with your actions. Some of us, what discredit us is that what we preach doesn't match the way we live. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know why I'm going to say amen. Listen what it says. Holding fast the word of life so that you may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. It's interesting then to see these two concepts that we find in Genesis. That light shines in the midst of darkness. So Paul goes and borrows that in Genesis. Says like light shined in the midst of darkness. You also can shine in the midst of darkness. Oh yeah. And he borrows that concept. This tovabu was sorted out by the light, the disorder, the confusion, the barrenness. When the light comes into your life, it takes away the disorder, confusion, lack of vision. When light enters, it dispels darkness, changes everything. And Paul says it's related to the word of life. Watch this. In Genesis, God had to release words. Let there be light. In the book of Philippians, Paul says you want to know where that light comes from. It comes from the word of God. So this same word still releases light. This same word of God Thousands of years later down the line, the word that was inspired by God, in the same way, it was the spoken word that deleted the tov abahu. It is still the same word, the word of God, that deletes the tov abahu in our lives. You cannot separate light from the word of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 3 and 6 in the New King James Version. Paul says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, why? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine in them. Now note verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves. So note the preaching and the light. We preach the word. As we preach the word, light shines in the darkened hearts. In the same way God spoke to the Tov Abahu. As we preach the word, Light shines in people's hearts. That's why when you are listening to God's word, there's something about the word of God. It is not the same as any other type of literature. It is not the same as any other person's writing. There is something about the word of God. When you hear it in your life, the tovabahu goes, the confusion goes, the barrenness goes, the fear goes, the sickness goes, the disease goes. There's something about the word of God. That in the same way God released his words into confusion, tovabahu, when we preach that word, 
And Paul says, what Satan does is to make sure he doesn't enter the heart. Because once that word can enter the heart, you will see a drunkard becoming sober. You will see a drug addict becoming dry because there's something about the word of God. You'll see a family broken coming together. You'll see a young man who's a hooligan turning into an evangelist when the word of God comes in. You'll see a murderer becomes an, an apostle like Paul. You will see a woman at the well who used to sell her body become the evangelist in her village when the word of God enters. And so what the devil does is to try to block it from entering people's hearts. If he doesn't stop you from going to church, if he doesn't stop you from listening to the word, he tries to distract you when the word of God is preached because he knows. He knows. He knows. If it can enter the heart of a person. If it can enter the heart of a person. It is incorruptible seed. It changes somebody's life. It turns somebody's life. Come on somebody, can I hear an amen? It is the same word when it got into both Peter, both James and both John, who were businessmen. They left their businesses and they followed Jesus. It is the same word when it came into the heart of Paul, a murderer. He turned right around and he says, Lord, I give you my life and I serve you. It is the same word of God when it enters into people's house, into the house of Cornelius. It changed the whole home of somebody who was going the wrong way. I see the word of God and the light of God. God changing your life. That's why we preach it. We don't preach ourselves. We don't preach our names. We don't preach our churches. We preach the word of God. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, preach the word. Preach it in season. Preach it out of season. Preach it all the time. Shumayelah. Hallelujah. 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 Paul says, well, we don't preach ourselves. But we preach Jesus Christ the Lord. And ourselves your born servants for Jesus' sake. Then he goes back to Genesis 1.5. In verse 6, he goes back. He says, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Who has shined in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. When the word entered into my heart. Even if when it came into my heart, sometimes it came like a hammer. Sometimes it came like a sword. Sometimes it came like fire. Sometimes it became sweet in my mouth like honey. Sometimes it came like wind. Sometimes it came like light. But when the word of God entered, when the word of God entered, when this word enters your life, when this word enters your family, when this word enters your community, when this word enters your church, there's something about this light. Something about this light. So it's this same God who shined light in darkness 
has shined this light into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 5, 8, this is what he says. For you were once darkness. <laughs> you were once Tovabohu. But now, you are light. Why are we light? Because the light of the word has entered. The light being Jesus has come into us. But then it says, walk as children of light. If you are light, let's see the fruit. Stop in totally fifth. Stop Step If you are light, your things are done in the light. How kukunini? How You do it in the light. That's what Jesus said. It says, but those who live in darkness, someone they happen in darkness, but when you are in the light. It's all done in the light. Leave as children of light. Wow. First Thessalonians 5, verse 4 to verse 8. Wow. He says, but you, brethren, in the New King James Version, you are not in darkness. So that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light. And sons of the day. We are not of the night. Nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober. See, when you have light, you'll be sober. Sober habits. Sober in thinking. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope and salvation. Note the warning in Romans 13. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. What he's saying? He says, you've lived long in darkness. Guanele. Look at your neighbor and say, hello, Guanele. <laughs> My grandmother used to say, Hohanor. Look at your neighbor and say, Hohanor. <laughs> Let's tell the truth, Barcelona. Living in darkness has not benefited us. Bonahor Rematsadiyang. Satan is a cruel master. You'll be a committed servant of his scrapper in the process. And at the end of it, Abahu is a good healing. Paul says, You've been in darkness too long. I call on some of you who are still walking around in darkness. 
You have one foot in light, one foot in darkness. You are a convenient Christian. Your Christianity resurrects when you get through the gate of the church. The night is far spent. Listen to what he says. He says, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us throw off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You know, these days it's so hard. Look at the neighbor say, Trada. Tell your other neighbor, Trada. There are things we throw off. We are children of light. There are certain things we mustn't be associated with. People don't have to try and explain and define. The way the way he carries himself. You can see the way he lives at home, the way he lives at church, the way he lives at work, the way he walks around, the way he relates with people, you can see. Even if they're not saying anything, Mara, you can we fundi value. There's something about them that they walk in the midst of light. Let me conclude. Light, therefore, is opposite to darkness. It dispels darkness. It's a symbol of God's presence and righteousness. Light is associated with the presence of truth. It's associated with the redemptive activity of God since creation. We must therefore determine to walk in the light. How do we do so? Number one, put God's word as first place in your life. Do that. Put the word of God as first place in your life. Number two, read the word, study the word. Meditate on the word. Immerse yourself in this light of the word on a daily basis. Let this word shine a light into your heart, into your life. Expose yourself to the light like we would if we were to put you under some form of radiation. Or if you are a baby who's premature, we put you under that UV light to take away the jaundice. There are some Christians who are walking around with jaundice. Put yourself under the UV rays of God's word on a daily basis so that it cures the jaundice. So that our jaundice lives can be sorted. Number three, let the word of God be the filter through which you filter all of life. Whatever comes your way, filter it through the word. If it doesn't make it through that filter, don't do it. Don't believe it. Don't follow it. Simple. Don't have a robot or wrong Hey, brother, look at the filter. If the word says it's okay, it's okay. If the word says it's not okay, it's not okay. No questions asked. And finally, most of all, most important, determine to be a doer of the word. Because if you don't practice it, this light will not benefit you. And don't just be a hearer, but a doer of the word. Would you raise your right hand with me, everybody? And everybody watching on television right now, would you raise your right hand as we make a commitment to God today? Say it with me, Heavenly Father, 
I commit myself to the light of your word. To walk in it. To embrace it. To believe it. To live by it. To read it. Study it. Meditate on it. It will be my filter. It will be my scale. It will help me to move on in life. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. You can put your hands down, everybody. I want to make this invitation. I know our television audience has already gone off, but for those of you who are still there with us on social media, and all of you here in the auditorium and the churches that are joining us, I want to give you an opportunity. See, the reason we come to church is that we are here to expose ourselves to the voice of God, to let God speak to us. And I believe God speaks to us because He loves us. The book of Hebrews says, despise not the chastening of the Lord, for the Lord chastens those that He loves. Which means this, if God is still speaking to us and giving us a word that challenges our lives, it's a sign that He still loves us. Or else God will just be quiet and He will let us have our own way. And we'll have to face the consequences of our actions in eternity. But that a word has come and struck your heart. That the word has come and reminded you of something. And you can sense the Spirit of God in you. Talking. Whispering. That that is happening, it means God loves you. And the last thing you want to do is to turn your back on him. What you want to do now is to say, you know what, God? I'm listening. This is what I want to ask you. Over this time, you're locked down. A lot has happened to people. There are some of you who are here. You don't know Christ as Savior and Lord. You've come on your own or you've been invited. You're looking for answers. You sense a sense of being discontented in your heart. Something is missing in your life. You can't explain it. But as you've been listening, you realize, you know what? I believe what's missing in my life is the presence of Jesus Christ in my heart. You may have been a great churchgoer. You may have even been coming to the church. But you just never had a living encounter. It was just a religious experience. And as you've been listening, you realize, you know what? It's about time I get serious with this thing. It's about time I give my life to Christ. Or it could be that you once committed your life to Christ but during this time as we've been under lockdown and we've not been going to church we've not been fellowshipping seeing one another you went of course you went back to the things of the past you feel guilty now you feel sad about it this is what I want to ask you you don't need to feel guilty or sad you can settle that simply by asking God to forgive you and I want to give you an opportunity to privately lead you in a time of prayer so that we can settle that with God so that you can also get back to fellowship with God and you can reboot again our heads bowed, our eyes closed if that is you and you say would you please pray for me either I want to receive Christ in my life or I want to get back on the road with Christ God's spoken to me God's word has come as a sword into my heart 
And the Spirit of God is speaking to me now. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If that's you and you need the prayer, would you quickly please just raise your hand right where you sit. Just raise it up because I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. That's good. That's why we're here, Bazalan. I'll ask the ushers please to go stand next to those people and the counselors, please. With the new protocols, just keep your hand raised, please. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We are in the presence of God here.